from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. week we take you behind what we teach here at West Side. I'm Ben Fleming. I'm Evan Earwicker, and Steve is with us today, Pastor Steve Mickle. Welcome, Steve. Hey, everybody. Great to be back. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good couple weeks here as we're kind of uh, now fully into our fall season, and we just wrapped up uh, one of our first series of the fall, our first series of the fall, and launched a new formatted uh, Wednesday night service that we have monthly. Last night was the first kind of new format of that. So lots going on here, Steve. What are you excited about right now at the church? I love change. I'm the kind of guy that will rearrange my office or my bedroom or my living room just because. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, I, if, for me, it's just like a fresh season deserves a, you know some changes and uh, obviously that's not why we made the changes to first wednesday but um i do enjoy i do enjoy change so real quick just some of the changes that you're talking about for first wednesday and why I yeah so we yeah night. we talked about it last night but we moved from um we're moving from another just kind of traditional church service you know 20 minutes 30 minutes of worship followed by a 30 minute message everybody kind of just stares at the preacher and he to he, you know rah rah go out there and change the world and uh, amen yeah. and instead of that we're actually um, moving first Wednesday to be a more how-to night practical um, kind of like I, I equated it to um, playing tennis you know you, if we at some in high school where I coach we we don't just give you know expect kids to watch how to play tennis and then be able to do it. Right. We, they get out there, hand them a racket, and hit some tennis balls. And and yet in the church, we don't we don't do that. We just tell people what to do, and kind of like go do it. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, well, we're gonna practice. Um, First Wednesday is going to be a time where we can practice sharing our faith and practice praying for the sick and practice, you know, talking about tough subjects, social issues, and whatnot. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to take. Um, the, the, the practical aspect of the gospel to a whole new level. Good. And it's not that we don't like church services. We're in the business right. of running church services, yeah. you know, as part of the deal. And Sundays are very inspirational, uh, very, uh, they allow spectators, what you said last night. And so not a bad thing to have moments uh, where, where it is more come and see and come and receive inspiration and, and hope and, but there should be other things that we do than just inspirational yeah, services. Jesus did that, right? He did the Sermon on the Mounts and he did, you know, he did teaching large crowds and there wasn't application. It wasn't like, hey, now go do it. But then he took 72 people and sent them out two by two to go do it. And so I just think we we miss that sometimes. And if we only do church services, if we only do the Sermon on the Mount kind of moments, we need both. We need the, the inspirational moments like we have on Sundays, but then also some real practical things, which we're hoping first Wednesday. Is that how you kind of envision First Wednesday being this real almost kind of discipleship moment? It's being with that smaller crowd, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a lab, you know, kind of like getting in there and let's screw some things up. Let's trial and, you know, trial and error and let's figure this out and uh, do this together. And um, yeah, so I'm excited about that, man. I think I'm I'm hoping for a thousand plus people over the next year to kind of come through First Wednesday and be discipled and equipped. Um, you know, in a more intentional way. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's an interesting concept because a lot of times when we're talking about go out into the world and do this, that in a lot of ways is the test. It's the thing. And a lot of times it's one shot. You get one shot with this person 
And if you screw it up, you might not have another one. Well, absolutely. And then I was thinking about like, how much do people watch the news compared to how often they're influenced by their church? And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're inundated with a different rhetoric than the way of Jesus. Um, And especially compared to how often we actually sit in and learn about and practice the way of Jesus. So we need, we need more opportunities for that to to even just to counteract the, the mean rhetoric that's going on in our world. And that's actually a good segue into talking about your message on Sunday. Uh, You talked about how love doesn't strut and you compared um, how we love versus what we believe politically or from the news. And even as you just mentioned, you know, the, the contrast of how much we receive from the news versus how much we receive from the church. I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm a church leader, I'm a pastor and I take a lot from the news and that informs how I lead. Yeah. And so I'm, I guess I'm concerned in this moment for the ver- very first time, <laughs> uh, just how inundated uh, current events and current political viewpoints affect everything in the church, top to bottom. Yeah, we filter. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, I, I think we filter life through the lens, primarily the lens of our politics, our um, values, rather than like the way of Jesus. What well, you know, and I, you know, WWJD, I mean, it's silly and all of that, but I just like, what, what is the values of Jesus? How does he play into this? You know, and what, what would he say and what would he do? And I just don't think we think much about that anymore. I think we're, um, we're so inundated with, with the media. And growing up, I guess, um, I didn't, I don't know that we were aware that politics and, uh, the way of Jesus didn't align. We just assumed the Republican way is the way of Jesus. Oh, there no. was, there was now no... you're getting to it, Evan. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, right? Here in comes the, the emails. The, uh, right. <laughs> but in the 90s, at least in the in the church I grew up in, um, there was no conflict there. You could, you know, you, you vote yeah. conservative and you are fully in line with right. and what I would we say, as a church. And I would say to the detriment of the gospel of Jesus. Now, back then, I think we were, we were living in safer territory. There wasn't such a divide in our nation. But, um, but I'll be honest with you, as I look at the political framework, and as I read the, the party values on each side, I, there are portions on each side that are indicative of the way of Jesus. And I'll be honest, there are portions on both sides that are not indicative of the way of Jesus, actually counter to the way of Jesus. So we've got to think more deeply as Christ followers and not just wave a political flag and go, well, this, you know, and even if the majority of our values may land in a conservative party, doesn't mean that that's the flag we should be waving all the time um, because um, there are some values that are not indicative of Right, which is, which is what ma- why it makes it even more important to actually have a greater understanding of the way of Jesus now. Because even Republicans don't agree with Republicans. All of us don't agree with... I mean, there was a couple news sources back in the day, right? And even if we disagreed on the plan of attack after we understood the news, we at least agreed that this is what's happening. Whether it was true or not, we could come and agree on that. And now you have alt-right websites, and you have far-right websites, and conservative websites, and liberal, and far-left yeah. liberal, and all these things. It's so difficult even to agree with with people that you would consider quote unquote on your side. And yeah, so we have right. to, at the very least, we got to have this baseline of, okay, what is the way of Jesus? So then we can filter all of it. Yeah, I was just listening to uh, reading an article actually about the political party framework of our nation. And, and we actually need five different political parties to identify with the majority of the United States. Cause we don't, we don't all land in two now, you know, right. it's not, we need, they, in their survey and their study, they said, we need five, we need five political wow. parties, you know, the 
the far, far right, the far, far left, the, you know, the right, the left, and then the centrists. And so yeah. it's like, well, that makes sense to me. I mean, I think that that would be more in keeping with our, with who we really are, you know, and what we really think. Yeah. And the internet, yeah, the rise of cable news, um, 24 hour cable news, which has driven this need for content, which what do you do? Well, you get people with strong opinions that can yell a lot and you put them on for hours at a time. That wasn't the case, uh, you know, 20 years ago, right? Yeah. You just had Peter Jennings on NBC or whatever, and I everyone am, listened. I'm right? saving so much money going to movies, not going to movies now. <laughs> I just turn on CNN and Fox and I go back and forth. And it's <laughs> completely entertaining. Right? And the biggest part of the problem is that we like we like opinions now. And we're, we're not so much into super journalism. Even the journalists now can get more ratings. They can get more retweets. They can get more likes based on if they're sharing their opinion. Not here's just what happened, but here is my opinion on it. And and we kind of want that in the church too, right? Like, yeah. no, Pastor Steve, don't just teach me the Bible. Can you tell me how to interpret this new policy that has just come through the yeah, president? They want to know my opinion. It's really funny. I, I mentioned in one of the services uh, Sunday that um, I don't think people know where I land politically. I don't think they would. I mean, they might. Yeah, I don't think they know. I mean, I, I mean, I, is Steve a Republican? Is Steve a Democrat? Is he neither? I mean, I don't think. And I and and I, I resist the urge to share my opinions about political issues because I just don't think it's helpful anymore. I'd rather spend the majority of our time talking about the way of Jesus and then let the smart people who are in the room um, filter that into their lives, into their politics, into the way that they vote, et cetera. And by the way, this is a good opportunity. I mean, we need to register to vote. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that are listening to this podcast, we need to engage in our political system. Um, it's broken, um, in my opinion, and the only way it can get fixed is if we engage in it. Because it is our job as individuals to take the way of Jesus from scripture and apply that to our politics. Absolutely. As opposed to the other way around, taking our politics and having that filter out things we don't like in (laughs) the scripture or what Jesus taught. Yeah. Uh, It has to be the way around. We we sat in a workshop, Ben and I, this Mm -hmm. week with uh, Christian Hernandez Hernandez, uh, from New York. Uh, He's a preacher and he trains preachers and he was talking um, about our tendency, uh, the the less time we spend with the scripture, the more apt we are to apply our viewpoints to it mm-hmm. in how we teach. And the reverse has to be the case. And I think this is how you can preach without inserting your opinions. You have to let you know the way of Jesus and the teachings of Christ and the scripture itself speak to us, whether we like it or not. And from that, then we say, okay, now how will we live? That's really good, Evan. Yeah, to let the scripture inform, let the word of God inform the way we think, the way we act, the way we vote, et cetera. I love that. And I also think that we have to, we have to get to a place where when, we, when, we, when we're certain about what we know, and I talked a little bit about this this weekend, we, the way we share that, mm. the way we talk about what we, what we are absolutely sure on is really, really important. I mean, um, yeah, it's really important. I can, I, I, for instance, one example is I hold to a traditional view of marriage between a man and a woman, and I'll always hold to that. I don't think I'll ever change that. I know there are many Christians that are, but I, I hold to that. But how do I communicate that to um, those in my community and that I'm in relationship with that don't believe the same thing yeah. is really important. Um, and I think that's the thing we've got to draw away from the the rhetoric, the way in which we say things that, you know, you watch the media and it's just rude. I mean, the, I mean, I mean, just last night, even, I mean, President Trump was being very rude about Dr. Ford and, and then the commentators on the news were being very rude about what Trump said. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. let's not bring that 
into our lives, the rudeness, the meanness, the cynicism, um, you know what I'm saying? And let's, yeah. let's rise above that, hold to our values, have, know what we believe and why we believe it, but let's communicate it with love. And that is an example of what you were talking about, how we can allow our own experiences to filter out actually what is the way of Jesus instead of the way of Jesus working in the opposite direction, right? Because this right. is so, every once in a while, if you just stop and take stock of exactly what you're watching on the news or what you're reading in the tweets and go, we are so far... <laughs> <laughs> we are so far removed from, you know, forget civil discussion or discourse. I mean, we're so far removed from the way of Jesus, just the basics of how he would have us move and how he would have us operate. I mean, he was looking at, and it's crazy. He was looking at a group of people that were severely oppressed by a government who had actually every right to be really upset. And he was going, yeah, you know, give to, give to Caesars what's his and you know, just keep, it, it's crazy. The way of Jesus yeah. is, is. I, think, I actually think he was trying to create a different world order in a sense, a different community that was distinctly unique from all the other stuff that was around him. And I, and, and I think, I think he still wants to do that. I just think we have to be careful that we don't, you know, create this <laughs> silo and, you know, get weird and, you know, Hey, these are the Christians and we have our little community and our little club. We need to engage our community, but in a really life giving way. Mm. Evan likes to get weird though. Do I? <laughs> Is that my thing? <laughs> Sorry. After hanging out at a conference all this last yeah, we were week. At a, we were at a pastor's <laughs> conference this last week, and one of the things we do is we, you know, whatever, whoever the West Siders, West Siders are there, we try to go out and, you know, and have, you know, have a little bit of food and drink a little bit or whatever, and Evan got a little weird. <laughs> it was not because of the drink. I got to be clear about that. It was just no. very relaxed and very fun. And, and it's a, uh, It was a strange frame of mind, and it, it actually, uh, when I first met my wife, 15 years ago, whatever. That's how I was most of the time. And somehow I still convinced her to marry me. And there'll be these moments like on this trip where I just, for some reason, click back into that frame well, of mind. Well, just to encourage you, Evan, in that, though, I don't know why I should, I don't know if I want to, <laughs> our 18 or 19 year old son, Kincaid, who's going to college and Eugene was with us that night. And uh, as we were taking him back to his dorm, he said, um, he just spontaneously said, I like that, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> that is high praise from King K. <laughs> high praise. He doesn't give that out very often. Well, just, most people, I like that, Evan. Most of the people that I talk to about Evan, you know, especially yeah. like young adults or stuff, are like, man, Evan is, he is, he's just so full of wisdom. His mind <laughs> is, you know, and which is all true. But um, I've never heard the term wacky with you associated or uh, Yeah, my mind wild. is actually like a broken down amusement park. <laughs> And sometimes you get a, a vision into that. <laughs> I kind of liked that. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll bring that side of me out more. You I don't know, know. Clowns wandering around the rides and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, totally derailed. <laughs> but yeah, we had a fun time. Evan, fun did time. you ever come to work dressed as a clown? Then we got problems. Hey, the creative arts could use that kind of creativity. That's right. Yeah, this is this is going to be the new direction for uh, for Westside Church. Clowns everywhere. <laughs> at all times. We do need to have more fun though, you guys, seriously. I yeah. mean, this world is so maxed with stress and anxiety and pressure and, and, you know, and just, you know, everything. And we just need to, as especially as Christ followers, like take a step back and breathe and love and live and enjoy. And, um, remember the people right, right next to us rather than the people that we have no you know, we don't know who they are on the news. We don't have any connection to them. Um, maybe some shared experience, but even that, you know, and, and sometimes we so focus on the people, you know, 
in the nation, we lose sight of the people in our neighborhood right. and in our house. And so we need to, I just think we need to refocus ourselves back to those relationships. Well, what does it look like to have more fun in the church? Especially in the Northwest. I feel like we like kind of our angst and we like our real thoughtfulness, you, you know? know? You know that quote, the, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Exactly. Like, That's how the Northwest I, church is. When I hear that, I, my thought is this. If you're not angry, you're probably making some good mental health decisions in your life. <laughs> right. You know, to be able to process things in a healthy way, p- get perspective on things that, yeah, the world, there's bad things happening. We should be concerned. But that shouldn't be our, you know, MO, that we're just angry people walking around looking right. for somebody to yell at with our agenda, <laughs> you know? I'll, I'll, hear, I'll hear my sons uh, in their bedrooms just start belly laughing, Ben. And I'm like, what are they doing? And they're watching the office over and over and over. I mean, they'll finish this, the, the entire season, yeah. all the seasons, and then just start it over again. I don't know. I, I mean, sometimes we just need some of those outlets to enjoy and laugh. So what makes you laugh? What, what makes you smile and spend more time doing that stuff? Well, it's one of my priorities actually as a communicator, which I think makes me, um, even feel like not just get feedback of, but makes me feel like I lack a certain amount of depth. And then every time I try to go on the other side and get, okay, I'm going to get really serious this entire half hour. It really blows up in my face. You know, I like, I like laughing. I like goofing off in church. I really do. And now, um, after years of trying to figure out my voice and who I am, I'm like, no, this is, this is, I, I'm doing this on purpose. I'm not going to stop it. I want to have a depth. And I want to be able to communicate in a serious fashion and, and in those ways, but maybe this is something that I'm supposed to bring to it, you know, yeah, because it's, it's, good, ben. it's tough to, I don't know, just, just figure all that out. And there's a lot of questions. Well, you feel like the gospel but... is life and death and it is, I mean, in many ways, right. I mean, the, the, Jesus came to give life. He came to rebuke death. He came to, you know, and so I think sometimes we come into the pulpit with that life and death. You know, I do, I'm, sure. I'm more on the serious side in my messages. And I just think that coming with a little bit more lightness occasionally is really, really healthy. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. I hear most of the compliments that I hear is Miss Steve can go, to an emotional depth that really registers with me, unlike a lot of other preachers that I've ever heard. And I don't have that ability to go um, where you go in a lot of... So that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying, but you're right. Some elements of fun, and I still don't know exactly what that looks like in the church, much less the Northwest church. I always wonder with the Gospels, you know, they have limited real estate as far as writing to pack in the story of Jesus. So there is most of Jesus' life is not talked about in the gospels. And so what are you going to mention if you're the writer of a gospel? You're probably going to focus on the the big high impact moments that were really pivotal in the ministry. And those aren't going to necessarily be the funny parts. Right. (laughs) But in that, in those three years, I mean, Jesus is walking around with young guys that are kind of just like a a fraternity, you know, these (laughs) disciples walking around. Surely there was levity and, you know, they weren't just walking around solemnly from town to town. Uh, like, you know, silent monks or something. I mean, <laughs> right. they're, they're young guys probably having the time of their lives walking with Jesus. And um, of course that isn't mentioned in these short, short gospels, but um, you just wonder, you know, would we take ourselves less seriously if we could see how Jesus did this? Yeah. And there's humor. Um, I just don't think we, we, we see it as easily because we're not ancient Jewish people, you know, but he even uses humor in his teaching and, and exaggerations and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think there was Evan for sure. But yeah, John said that, that if everything was written about Jesus, there's not enough books that could contain, mm-hmm. contain it. Um, so I, I think there's a lot that we don't know. 
about the way of Jesus that I think we have to lean into how we're created in the image of God and joy and laughter is part of that. It's that's, you don't, I mean, I remember the first times my, my kids when they were, you know, before they were like one laughing for the first time and that kind of a baby laugh. That's just the very first laugh is really incredible. That's like God made, you know, and we just need to do it more often. Ben, you got to, uh, I went with you, but you got to tour Autzen Stadium on a private tour yeah. with our friend Hayden Crook, who was a kicker for Oregon. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy that? Was it, I, I it was enjoyed great. it and I don't care. So <laughs> surely as a football guy, um, yeah. you must have had Have a good you ever time. done that, Steve? Nope. It is amazing. Yeah. It is ridiculous. And you I can't, cannot imagine being an 18 year old and somebody says, come play football, check all this stuff out and not like selling my soul. <laughs> For whatever it would take to go play football in that place. It's so, crazy. Yeah, so Hayden was an intern here and kicked for the Ducks until yeah. he injured his, uh, was it his knee that he injured? No, concussions. Oh, concussions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kicker sticking his nose in too many places he shouldn't, I guess, if you get in a concussion as a kicker. But. Yeah, a soccer player. I think he got a lot of it when he was playing soccer, too. But, oh, yeah, that's right. But some of it is, I mean, it's ridiculous. The the stuff you were even mentioning, you walk into this entryway and they're like, this is furniture made from such and such and the clothing or the, the, the fabric of it will last for 1500 years, you know, (laughs) and this is glass, but it's dipped in acid so that we can put it up on here. And really it gets to the point and it's not just Oregon. It's really every major thing. Now they've all kind of copied Oregon. They get to the point where like, we have so much money. Let us find ways, you know, let us, let us go to the small African village so that they can weave our rugs and carpets. What would it it be like to have that much capital where you were, you're just saying, how can we spend more? How can we go over the top more? We need to get rid of this. Oh my cash. gosh, you guys, this is, now I'm going to get serious. <laughs> so the homeless problem in Eugene is awful. Yeah. <laughs> it is enough gravy. said. You're right. You're right. Football, football just drives that. And I'm sure night, I'm sure Knight's doing a lot for that as well. I don't, for sure. I would hate to, you know, cast judgment, but I look at how much money is spent on some of these things. And I go, Oh man. Well, then, you know, what, what else are we doing to help our world? Sure. And I was even telling Evan, like, yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you have an organization, first of all, that has many donors, but also just the, the gate and the, the Jersey sales and everything like that brings you in so much money. And most of your employees are unpaid, (laughs) you know, all those kids out there actually scoring the touchdowns, right? you know, your, their thing. And the, the fight back from the NCAA is always, Oh no, we're giving them like some, you know, half of them full ride scholarships, you know, and they're getting an education, $50,000 over four years, but compared (laughs) to the millions that the pro guys are getting. (laughs) Oh yeah. But just the people that they're bringing in, it's crazy. Um, but I do, I like football. I think, elements of those the, those communities are really important and this does get back a little bit to the why I think we should laugh in church and why I think we should have fun is is there's so many of these things that we would actually deem if it comes down to it well no we need to eat we need to breathe we need to work um, so many of these things I love football because it does bring people together that would never ever spend time together mm. and the church being able to to be that is is hugely important I think mm. you should laugh at church why because a lot of people don't laugh enough period yep. and so we've got yep. them here and I think they should laugh or, mm-hmm. or think or whatever um, and in the church becoming uh, even more of that community where we can gather together and not just be together and spectate, which is important, but to rally. Mm-hmm. Like there's a feeling, I remember in 1995, yeah. I went to a Mariners game. They were pursuing their first shot at the playoffs. They ended up doing, it was one of the last games of the regular season. We parked two miles away from the stadium. And afterward they had this seven run comeback 
and there were lines of cars with people's hands just sticking out of the Dang, windows because everybody awesome. was giving high fives yeah. and honking. And it took two hours to get out of the area. And it was the most fun I ever had all yeah. for something as some people would say as silly as baseball, but that community element is huge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yankees it, or Red Sox? Who do you want, Ben? I hate them both so much. Oh, you hate them both. I hate them both so much. They're the same team now. I know the Red Sox love to play cute and be like, oh no, we're the hapless Red. They spend as much, if not more, than the Yankees and buy up talent. Um, who am I cheering for? The, the Rockies. The, okay, the you want Brewers, the Rockies to go all the, the way. Who else? I don't know. The Astros. Okay. I'll t- Indians. Anybody, I'll take anybody. But the anybody Yankees. but those two. Yeah, that's yeah. Man, it makes me want to go watch Moneyball again. <laughs> you love Brad Pitt. Oh, just anything Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. You know, every Thursday, you know what I'm going to be doing? Watching Brad Pitt movies Brad's in my Brad office. movies in your office. I've yeah. got a big crush on Brad Pitt. I really do. Really? He's do spectacular. Huh. Yeah. You remember yeah, that where the, where the river runs through Maybe we it, should talk about, maybe, maybe we should do a podcast on man crushes. Yeah. Who's yours? I don't know. <laughs> you got one. I'd have to, I'd have to put some thought into that, Ben. I mean, my first person is you, but I just, that gets really awkward. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense though. You got to stick with celebrity man crushes, <laughs> just straight up man crushes, <laughs> especially in an employer employee <laughs> office romance, man crushes, all those kinds of things. <laughs> so Evan, you brought up, um, cause I know we still have a few minutes at least on this. We yeah. can take as long as we want. I mean, this is such a random, this is such a um, random podcast. I don't know what we're talking about. I did, I did want to get your opinion on this. So we listened to, um, like you were saying, the guy, uh, Christian Hernandez, who was talking about developing preachers and pastors and things like that. And you asked the question, is it healthy for a young preacher or pastor to watch their favorite celebrity preacher mm-hmm. online? Um, what do you think, Steve? Is that Do you think that would be good for a developing preacher when you hear all the podcasts and, and watch the, the pastors? We also had a conversation where you're we like, man, we feel like everything from the fashion, even to a lot of the teaching styles, we're all starting to look and sound the same. Yeah, that's the danger, isn't it? It's you have to find your own voice. So there was a season where I was watching a lot of Andy Stanley. So he was kind of a favorite guy, a speaker for me um, when I first became the lead pastor five years ago. And uh, I remember, I remember the moment when I walked walked off the stage, and my wife is the most honest with me about my speaking, and uh, and she says, uh, "You need to stop listening to Andy Stanley for a while." Oh no! Yeah, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" She says, "You sound a lot like him." And I'm, really? like, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, done. So I think you you do pick up things and um, and that's not necessarily bad, but you do have to find your own voice, I think, um, because that's what the community needs. That's why God called us into, and that's not just in preaching. I think that's in life, right? I mean, um, not to be um, imitators, mm-hmm. you know? Um, when I had a one mentor, um, Ron Mel, he said to a group of young preachers, he said, don't be a parasite, be a prophet. And the idea of don't just take from everybody, mm. you know, get with God and get what he's saying to you and to your community specifically. Uh, and so I've tried to, yeah, I've tried to live that way. So I, I think it's helpful to listen though, because you do learn um, and, and effective communicators um, know what they're doing, you know, and there's a reason why there's a big crowd listening to them because they're, they're good at it. And so there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think if you do it too much, you'll start, yeah, you'll start sounding, dressing, acting. And, uh, and that temptation's real. Um, you know, you have to find your own, your own style, your own voice, your own personality and live in that. What do you think, Evan? I think the danger that we've seen from a lot of young preachers is, um, they'll, clearly me mimicking 
other preachers, you know, the big names or whoever. Um, but what happens is they lift off the style without the substance of right. those things. So they'll, <laughs> they'll regurgitate the hot points, you know, the tweetable lines and they'll have the clothes, they'll have the stage presence, but you can tell there's no, there's no personal depth and they haven't walked through this stuff. They've yeah. just heard it and are repeating it. And even preachers that, that do well and travel and have a good following, I've seen that where it's like, I don't, I don't think this is coming from any deep place in you. I don't think that can be fabricated. I don't think you can, you can lift somebody's sermon, mm-hmm. even say the exact same words, same presentation. If it isn't something you've walked through at some level, I think people can tell. Yeah, yeah, for sure they can. And I, and I agree. I think there's, there's gotta be that authenticity and like, this is who I am. And, but the reality is too, is that, um, I I'll find somebody that grew up in someone's church, you know, say somebody that comes up through Stephen Furtick's church, mm-hmm. I would expect them to have his nuance and his way because they've been listening right. to him for years live there in person, mentored by him. That's a different thing, I think, than, mm-hmm. than you know, turning on YouTube and watching your favorite speaker and trying to emulate them. I think if you grow up in the culture of a place, because um, I, I think there's moments where I'm like, man, I sound a lot like Ken Johnson. And, and, and that's okay because he's been a mentor of mine for 25 years, you know? So I just think there's, there's, there's that too. You know, we do, and I think that God uses those things, but yeah, the whole idea of mimicking. And by the way, you guys, the pressure to come up with tweet, tweet, tweetable quotes. Oh my gosh. I'm so over that. I mean, I think it's, (laughs) I I want to be memorable and I want it to be stickable, but it's like, I'm just, that's so much work to come up with one sentence and like, Oh, that's so good. I'm going to tweet that. I'm like, that's stupid. And I think that speaks to your style. You find in your own voice. Yeah. That isn't that, it isn't that popcorn. And some people are really good at it. Some people are great at coming up with those lines. I'm not, and it's hard work for me. And so I've just kind of like, okay, if it's not, if it's not just flowing out of me, why do I try to force it? Because so-and-so does it. Because I want, you know, I want people to like, well, that was such a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, But those things have a low shelf life anyway, right? Those real tweetable, cool, quotable things, you know, and that's why I've been, I think I mentioned on the podcast a few times, I'm a big believer in church attendance, not as a religious thing, but because I think you need to feel the messages way more than memorize them or hang on to the sticky things because people will, as wonderful as the messages are here and incredible, the preachers, everything from the guests to the regulars that we have, people will remember maybe like two lines that really did stick with them and they become a part of who they are. It's mostly about how did this change my feel about people? How did this change my feel about Jesus? There's something that is not so quantifiable and not so tweetable when you show up and you hear the message on pain and then you hear the message on joy and you begin to feel this this thing that is Jesus, not just contrasting or separate pieces in, in messages, but it's a feel, it's a mosaic of the entire thing. Yeah. And I, I'm, I am horrified at the idea that we will have kind of the one stop shop Walmart church in 25 years of everybody looks like Andy Stanley or everybody looks like Stephen Furtick and sounds like, especially just because I mean, it's so is Andy, regional. Is Andy the guy that everyone's mimicking style-wise? No, I don't I think so. I want to look like Andy Stanley. <laughs> if there's one fashion fashionable preacher out there, That's true. forget Stephen Furtick, forget Judas Smith, forget Ed Young. <laughs> 
Andy Stanley's my guy. I meant more feel, Evan, <laughs> not like look. Wait look a second, like Evan. Him. I'm 40, almost 48 years old. Andy Stanley's like you know 10 years younger than me. I'm going after that. I mean, the the jeans, <laughs> the dad with the belt, style. the tucked in long sleeve you know, dress shirt. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it, Steve. You I'm are pretty sure his well. plaid just it just uh, shifts. I think it's just one shirt that they can just change the colors on. And he don't, yeah, he doesn't do plaid. He only does like solids usually. If, really? He doesn't uh, do plaid. He doesn't do much plaid. If, if his and fashion, always tucked in. It if is his, always. If tucked his in. fashion is the cost of leading, like Andy Stanley, I'll pay the price. You know, <laughs> if that's all it takes. Come on, give me some big old <laughs> jeans. Tuck those suckers his in. Jeans Let's go. He just definitely doesn't care. So I was going through my closet yeah, a couple days ago, guys, getting rid of stuff, and I pull out the two sweaters that look like Mister Rogers that yeah. I've gotten such a hard time about, and I say, Suzanne, I got, and she's like, Nope. Those are my favorite sweaters, you guys. I'm like, I'm never going to wear these things anymore because I got such a hard time. And she says, Steve, that's you. I'm like, no, that is not me. I reject that. You wore like a, what is it called? Um, one of those sweater. Oh my gosh. Cardigan. Cardigan. You wore a cardigan. It looked great. I remember people, I think it was are you making, was giving you a hard time. Are you making fun of me right it. now? No, I loved it. I'm serious. No, I'm just saying, if, if Suzanne really likes them that much, you just save those for your own little private thing. You know, fires roaring, bearskin rug. Here comes Steve with his cardigan. And that's why uh, Suzanne loves it. Just and a, and conference Evan is coming and out. Just, and just a cardigan. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but that was what was in my mind. So I've got this uh, series coming up on relationships, Steve, in the young adults. If you want to, um, hey, you let me and Suzanne loose, man, we will. Wow. You'll, get, you'll get a big crowd. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for this. Oh, and look at the time. It. We are out of time. No, we're not. So much time left. Oh, <laughs> so many goodness. things I need to know. Do you though? Do you really need to know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't need to know. My goodness. Well, what a day it's been, guys. This has been another week of Behind the Message. We'll be back next week as we start a brand new series in the book of Colossians.